are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of White Boy Rick. How come we stay, Dad? Yeah. Detroit. Son, lion don't leave the Serengeti. I besides, it's gonna be our year. I can feel it. You realize you're the worst father ever. I'm not gonna let you ruin your life, Don. No drugs in the house. Everything's fine. Not fine. You're fine, Ma's fine. Don, you. you're fine. You're gonna let her talk to you. I'm going the goddamn Shut house. Ray, stay out of it. Put some clothes on, will ya? We're going for custard. Y'all know who my dad is, right? Y'all know what he saw? Hey, I know your broke ass daddy. <laughs> what you said your name was? Brett. Hey, white boy Rick. You got some balls coming here like you did. You should come out of skating rail sometime. But not like this. But like you robbed a Kmart or something. You good, Rick. You wanna move weight? You come to me. My dad finds this, he'll kick my ass. Yeah, just make sure he doesn't find it then. Break it down. The dime rocks. Get yourself a crew and offload it before long. People know you legit. It's Ricky! He won! You gotta get in too deep. Man, they're gonna let you out. You punk? I'm no. Eight pounds, 14 ounces. Such a way you were born. First time I looked in your eyes, I knew you were going to be bigger than me. I knew your life was going to be bigger than mine. Look at this, Dad. Look how we're living. Let's hustle big. I know the players, man. I know the game. Hey, come on, Dad. I can do this. And we can do this. We can fix our lives and be a family again. What do you say? Would you believe a 15-year-old kid was working for the federal government? But he was. Whoa! 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 Shit. Hey. What? You all got him? All right, everyone. You were just listening to the trailer for White Boy Rick, and the story is as follows. Rick Wershey is a single father who's struggling to raise two teenagers during the height of the crack epidemic in 1980s Detroit. Wershey sells guns illegally to make ends meet, but soon attracts attention from the FBI. Federal agents convince his son, Rick Jr., to become an undercover drug informant in exchange for keeping his father out of prison. When young Rick gets in too deep, he finds himself seduced by the lure of easy money and becomes a drug dealer himself. The film is starring Matthew McConaughey, Richie Merritt, Belle Poli, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Brian Tyree Henry, Rory Cochran, R.J. Seiler, Jonathan Majors, Eddie Marzen, Bruce Dern, and Piper Laurie. It is directed by Jan Demange, and it is written by Andy Weiss, Logan Miller, and Noah Miller. Joining me for this review, I have Katie Schaefer. Hello. And Josh Parr. Hello, hello. All right, so White Boy Rick. This film premiered at the Telluride Film Festival just a few days ago, one of those where... You know, you go to the premiere pretty much like a week early and then it releases a week later in theaters. Uh, but there was some, you know, there was some, I would say not not like a lot of hype behind this movie, but definitely some intrigue. Matthew McConaughey, of course, attached to it, who has been pretty stellar 
in recent years with the quality of work that he's been putting out. A couple of occasional misfires here and there, but on the whole, pretty solid. And Jan Demange, I mean, Josh Parham, you, you were a huge fan, and many of us were uh, of his feature film debut, 71. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, debut from him. Yeah, so to see his follow-up here uh, and it tackling a true story, a, a crime drama, if you will, uh, definitely, like I said, a level of intrigue there for sure. Uh, but what did everyone think of it? Let's start first with Katie. What did you think of White Boy Rick? Uh, it was... I had a lot of uh, some things I really liked about this film and some things I was really uninterested in. Uh, I, what I really liked is McConaughey's performance. I think he's fantastic in it and he's definitely the one who's holding the film together. Uh, I thought the lighting and uh, the cinematography was really good. It was very interesting and unique. Uh, but what I... Oh, also Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern is fabulous. <laughs> Even though he only gets like three minutes of screen time, he's always great. Um, he's making pancakes for everyone. Yes, yes. Shirtless pancake making. <laughs> That's the best part of it. <laughs> I think the story was, uh, it was poorly, poorly plotted, badly paced. Like it just kind of drags throughout the film and, you know, I question the necessity of having of telling this story, even though it's a true story. So I was just kind of sitting there the whole time going, what are we doing here? Why am I here? So, but I'm interested to hear what you guys thought about it. Well, let's move it over to Josh Parm. What did you think of White Boy Rick? Well, you know, there is a term that I think perfectly applies to this movie, and it is aggressively fine <laughs> like that like it the movie to me is not terrible but it is also not that great either there's nothing exceptional about this movie in the slightest and right I, you know i think that some of the direction is fine i think some of the performances are okay definitely mcconaughey i agree is best in show but i think the fundamental problem with this movie is its story. And Katie, you hit the nail on the head when you asked, what is the point? Like, why is this story being told? And that is the thing that I struggled with throughout the entire film. I just couldn't, I could never really find myself connecting to anything going on in this film and why I should care about this story. And as it went on, it just got less and less interesting. And you're right, it just dragged right across the finish line until I was just really disinterested. Yeah, I I have to say this is a very paint-by-the-numbers crime drama in so many ways. And I was waiting. I was waiting for something to elevate the material to another plateau, but it never quite ever got there. Anytime Matthew McConaughey is on screen, I do feel that the movie has a jolt of energy to it, which is interesting because it's not really energetic performance from him. It's actually much more grounded than anything so i was uh definitely surprised by his take here but you know a lot of the supporting cast i feel is the issue and why matthew mcconaughey feels like a breath of fresh air in this you know we have a lot of stars in this movie we have jennifer jason lee brian tyree henry uh rory cochran we mentioned uh, bruce dern before and I never, ever felt like any of them got enough material to work with or were directed by uh, Demange in the sort of way that could allow for their performances to shine through, especially 
when the protagonist that we're following throughout this movie, uh, Richie Merritt, who plays, uh, you know, white boy Rick, to me, he gives a performance that is just so uninteresting and is really, really hard to, like you said, Josh, to connect with in this film. And instead, we find ourselves connecting with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Rich Senior, who you know, we feel for him as a father and how he's trying to do the best that he can uh, despite their money issues and he wants to ha- his children to have a better life and it's very clear that they've dug themselves into a very, very deep hole and there is a bit of sympathy there um, to see a man who teeters that line between um, morally good and morally wrong, uh, but at his heart and at his core and at his center, he wants what is best for his children. So th- there's something to latch on to there, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the interesting things about McConaughey is that even though he is an undeniable movie star, he has been able to really have this unique quality to just seem like an everyman. He always manages to feel like a real person and not just you know, this incredibly famous celebrity that's up on the screen. And I think that comes across really well in the movie. The unfortunate thing is that he's the only person who really embodies that authenticity uh, to an interesting degree. Everybody else just kind of shows up for a little bit and you kind of want more from them. You know, you talk about Bruce Dern and Piper Laurie, for goodness sakes, like you you blink and you're going to miss Piper Laurie. Like, why is she even in this movie? And yeah, it's just such a shame that so many other characters in this film could have had a lot more potential to be as interesting as McConaughey's performance, but I don't think the material does them any favors. I think that's where the biggest issue of this movie is. It's in the script. And, you know, I I, I really hate to say it. I love The Diary of a Teenage Girl, but, you know, Belle Poli in this movie is, in my opinion, kind of overacting and trying to chew up the scenery every single time she's on screen. I felt like it it, it just, to me, it almost felt totally indifferent from the rest of the movie at times. And it only helped me to appreciate McConaughey's performance even more so to tell you the truth Mm -hmm. yeah I think McConaughey is one of those few people who can be um, both a a movie star and a character actor he can embody both sides of the coin as we traditionally define it anyway and I think he really was showing his character actor chops in this one Um, but I I do 100% agree that the problems with this film are all in the script and I was a little more uh, and I enjoyed a little more Rick, Richie Merritt's performance. I think he was very subtle, but I think for the kind of character he's trying to play, I think they really wanted to push this idea of this tough street kid who's also an amazing, brilliant businessman and liar who can walk, you know, being a drug dealer and being an informant in a really dangerous environment. See, I never got, I never got that that he was like some brilliant uh, hustler. Um, I, you know, they, they established, you know, that he doesn't go to school and that he's uneducated. And I thought those aspects were shining through, but I never did get the sense that he was ever tough, intimidating or no, no. sleek in the businessman like type of sense either when he was doing any kind of his dealings. It just he just came off as just some kid to me, you know. Right, but I think that's what they were going for. And that, I think, was maybe not the best idea. Showing this kid who can fake being just this kid so well, and that's how he got away with being an informant at such a young age. Because that's a really high-pressure situation for someone to to deal with and not crack. And 
so I gave it uh, the benefit of the doubt, we'll say, in that in that regard. And I do think his final, the final scene they have with him, it that was where I was like, okay, kid, all right, you're bringing it out. I like it. I want to see more. So I think I'm interested in what that kid has going forward with a script that would give him the opportunity to really do something because. This did not have opportunities for anyone but McConaughey. <laughs> and I even feel like even on paper, there isn't much for McConaughey to d- even do there. But he is able to take the very, very slight material that he is given and somehow elevate it. Um, you know, if, if you take a close look at that screenplay, there, there really isn't that many scenes other than, like I was saying before, your traditional paint by the numbers um, scenes that you would get in a typical crime drama that, you know, the, the confrontation with his son, the, uh, you know, moral dilemma of, you know, should we be dealing drugs or not? Like, these are all things that I feel like I've seen before. And he's the one who definitely elevates it. So, yeah, I mean, 100 percent agree- agreement there that the script is lacking for sure. Yeah, McConaughey uses the blank spaces in the script very well. Mm-hmm. He, it's all on his face. Yeah, uh, he is definitely the film's best asset, and he works in spite of of that script, which really just struggles to not only give its characters and the actors something to do, but I think also struggles to give the movie just an overall thematic weight to it. Because you know you've got these issues about uh, you know drugs in the community and them trying to combat that, and how fair or unfair those laws are. But then you've also kind of got gun violence in here as well and i remember just sitting in the movie thinking okay are these supposed to be connected i know they kind of are but i don't know what the film was really trying to say about either of them because both of the messages feel a little muddled to me and that just added to the frustration of watching the movie because it's like i understand you're trying to say something kind of important but you're so unfocused on what you want your themes to be that nothing is landing, really. Right. Yeah, because there was an opportunity here to touch upon uh, um, class, race, uh, gun violence, like you said there, Josh. But instead, it feels like they really wanted to hone in on the family drama and the story of this father who's trying to do everything he can to make a better life for his children. And unfortunately, even for that, because it's clear that that's where the film's focus really is, but because they also try to shoehorn in these other themes, uh, that doesn't even get its proper due. It doesn't feel like, and the film never quite hits the emotional mark that it's striving for. And I think that's evident with Max Richter's score, because at the end of the film, you can tell they're trying to go for this really somber, uh, sad state of affairs for uh, for Rick and uh, for Rick, uh, Rick Senior and the whole family, even in this really kind of a bummer, downer ending. And I walked out of the theater, uh, theater feeling empty and hollow. I, I didn't I didn't catch the emotion I was supposed to get from that. Definitely not. Have you? So have you, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever seen uh, the documentary Freeway Rick Ross? I have not. No. No. Okay. So do, are you either of you familiar with Rick Ross? No. Oh, the name sounds familiar, but okay. there's I a rapper. There's oh, a rapper yeah, named yeah, yeah. Rick Ross, but he took his name from an actual guy in L.A. in the '80s during the same time when this was happening, a little before actually, and he is the person who invented crack cocaine. He uh, and was buying his crack or his he was buying his coke, turning it into crack and selling it. And this kid was like 19 when this was going on. Um, And 
he states that he was getting his drugs from the CIA, who was getting it uh, from, like, it was somehow involved with the Iran-Contra affair. Like, this is a really crazy story that has a lot of truth in it and is absolutely balls out nuts. And so I, I watched that documentary a couple years ago, and it has a lot of similarities to White Boy Rick. And so I watched it, and I kept thinking... You know, this movie would have been so much better if it had been about Freeway Rick Ross's story, because it has almost all of the themes that they are talking about, but everything hits so much harder, and it was such a more mind-boggling story. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. That documentary is crazy. And he suffered the same kind of fate. I think he just got out of jail a couple years ago. And he's actually... uh, There's a case against rapper rick ross brought by him because he's like you're using my name that's not okay so it's a it's it's a very interesting comparison to make between the two movies i you know as i'm as i'm sitting here and i'm trying to think about like ways that they could have made this film a bit better you know i i I go back to something that both of you each brought up and that is what what about the i mean other than like on the surface level right oh here's this young kid who did all these crazy things before he turned 16 years old and it's based on a true story. Um, I don't really understand like this film's purpose, you know, like, like it almost seems to me like without touching upon uh, the other issues that we were, uh, the other social issues that we were discussing before, it almost feels like this is something that just should be a documentary and maybe you shouldn't even go to feature at that point. Right. That's, totally that was how i felt as well because i'd seen that other one i was like okay this could be a really interesting story and i kept wondering are we gonna have that moment um in the end like you do it in with american animals where you hear from the actual person who this happened to mm-hmm. yeah. and of course we do yeah they, they have the it seems to be like a thing i'm noticing a lot more lately um in a lot of these true stories now like i, I think about hacksaw ridge and the way that uh, Gibson decided to end that film with the um, archival interview footage and American Animals, like you just said. And now we have another instance here with White Boy Rick. And I feel like movies are doing that a lot more nowadays, um, I'm starting to notice. Yeah. And I think when when I heard that part at the end, that was where I got, for me, everything. It was like, oh, okay, so really this was something you wanted to tell about this guy to make this guy's story like, make everybody aware of this tragic story about this kid who spent 30 years in jail. Well, but then, like, they don't even really touch upon the, uh, you know, the minimum life sentence. And it, it, right? it gets brought up. But, you know, that's a whole big issue that you could base an entire movie around. And it doesn't really start getting brought up until the end of the film. And it's like, there, there you go again. There's another missed opportunity within the screenplay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever commit to an idea. You've got all of these themes that it brings up in terms of yeah, the life sentencing with drugs and, you know, as you said, class, you've got gun violence, you've got, you know, law enforcement kind of mixing with drug dealers, but it has all of these things, you know, political corruption, but never really says this is what the movie's actually about. Oh my god, I totally forgot about political corruption. Yeah, like that's that's right. That's it's so thing. casually like yeah. tossed in there, like a little bit of salt in the soup. Like what? Oh, okay, that's happening too. Yeah, there's like just you- so so much in this movie that it introduces but never commits to actually saying 
anything about them. And that is what's so just unbelievably frustrating when you're watching the movie because you just are waiting for the movie to be about something other than just oh here was a 16 year old kid who was dealing drugs you know it's funny because i think a lot about the opening shot of the film and i i had some reasonably you know high expectations walking into this you know like i said a bit of intrigue and the opening shot is this tracking shot through this gun show following um a character from uh from behind and immediately i was like oh yes interesting opening shot yes I'm like, I'm really, really into this so far. I felt the same. And then it only lasts for a few seconds and it cuts to something else. And immediately right there, to me, that almost acts as almost like a warning for the rest of the movie where we're going to lead you on to think that this is interesting. And then we're going to just cut to something else and, you know, you're going to lose focus and everything's going to be all over the place. And it's like, crap. (laughs) It was almost like they wanted to have they wanted to have everything in the movie. They wanted to have it all. And then it's like, well, you can't have it all, man. You got to pick something and go with it. And instead, they just figure, well, we'll just we'll throw every kind of idea that could be in this movie that we want to discuss in there. And we'll talk about it for two minutes and then we'll move along and then Mm -hmm. we'll give a more nuanced picture of the whole thing. And it's like, no, then you just it all becomes muddled. And it's like you're you're just sitting there going like all three of us were. Why are we here? What's, what are you trying to do on screen? I need I need more, buddy. I need more. And they just never right. they never gave it to us. You know, Katie, you mentioned the cinematography before, and I have to say I do like the way that Jan Demange, uh, only two films, but I do like the way that he shoots his movies. Yes. So um, I, I definitely mm-hmm. can see that there is something to appreciate there. Um, I was curious, Josh, if there was anything else outside of Matthew McConaughey's performance, either on a technical level or anything else with the actors or the story uh, that you found to appreciate with this. Well, I think to Yandamaj's credit, I think he tries his best to assemble something that is visually interesting and engaging. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the material to support him, but I do think that he does a good enough job trying to assemble this movie together that I, you know, I'm willing to believe in him as a filmmaker even if this is not the best of movies out there. And you know, it does look good. Yeah, the cinematography is kind of nice, but I've always sort of felt like saying a movie has nice cinematography is like watching a children's play and saying, oh, the sets look good. You know, it's, yep. it's like, OK, you, you accomplish the bare minimum of your film and the rest of it. Nah, I, I just didn't really care for. OK, uh, with that said, should we move over to final thoughts? Great out of 10. And if there's any Oscar potential to be had with this film. Please. Let's do it. <laughs> we've, we've exhausted it more than the movie even did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least our review was focused. Uh, in any event, <laughs> though. It's true. It's true. Let's move over to final thoughts, grades out of 10, Oscar potential. Katie, let's start with you. Oh, final thoughts. Well, I think this was a... It was fine. I totally agree with Josh. This is aggressively fine. I'm going into my vocabulary now, Josh. Um, I think... McConaughey is great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I think if there's any Oscar potential, it's that. I think he might get a nod for Best Supporting, but the field is kind of filling up, so we'll see. (laughs) Um, And I would say this is definitely a... I gave it a 6 out of 10 in my review, and I'll... It's not one of the worst movies of the year. It's not great, so I I don't know. I wavered between a 5 and a 6. But you're leaning more positive than negative. Yes, Yes. It's not bad, though. It's just fine. Yeah. So that's kind of... I'm still sitting there. 
Six out of ten. All right, Josh. I definitely agree that McConaughey is the best thing about this movie. Uh, he, it's not one of his best performances, but it's very grounded and realistic and natural for the film. And I think without him, the film would have very little redeeming qualities to it. The rest of it is an unfocused, muddled mess that never commits to anything. And because of that, it's very difficult to become involved in the film, which is a shame because I think the material has potential, but it just never really takes an opportunity to be interesting. So it's not, like I said, not terrible, but not that great either. It's very down the middle for me. And for that, my grade is a five out of 10. And in terms of Oscar potential, I don't really think this has anything. McConaughey's the best thing about it, but I don't even think that is enough to say it is worthy of a nomination for anything. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I'm kind of like with the two of you here in many ways. I am split quite evenly, I would say, where I can't say I'd go one way or the other with whether or not I liked or didn't like this movie. I found aspects to appreciate about it. As I said before, I like Max Richter's score. Definitely liked any time Matthew McConaughey was on screen. I I love seeing some of the supporting cast members on screen too, like Brian Tyree Henry, um, Rory Cochran, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. You know, anytime they were on screen together as a trio, I was I was always really into what was going on. But the but the screenplay never really gives them much mm-hmm. to work with, and it just feels like, you know, and I, I say this a lot to myself a lot uh, a lot of times as actors. You know, you want to you want to get meaty roles, and you want to get. Uh, dialogue or scenes that excite you as an actor and I see the caliber of actors in this film and I ask myself did they look at the script and like what about it gets them excited is it just working with the director is it the story and I guess it has to be because what's on the page is just so thin and dry that I, I don't see how they were able to get so many um, acclaimed people like you said Piper Laurie's in this and it's like she doesn't do anything. Nope. No. The whole time. Literally nothing. Might have like, she might say what, three, four words in the whole movie. It's yeah. Shame. Yeah. The best moment for her is when they show her hiding his gun in the oven. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Piper Laurie, you made that look great. But really, girl, you just got shut out of this film and that sucks. Yeah. No, it really, really does. So, I mean, there was there were aspects of it that I definitely liked. There's one moment actually in the middle of the film that took me by surprise and um, kind of almost was, you know, turned the story into a direction where I, I thought we were heading for some sort of a big twist that I wasn't aware of because I, I definitely wasn't aware of the true story going into this, so I didn't know what exactly was going to happen. Um, but the, the film doesn't, you know, go the way I thought it was going to go with that either way anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it does provide Matthew McConaughey some more outstanding moments and I, I actually would argue that this is one of his better performances and yes I do not think it's going to uh, give him an, any Academy Award recognition uh, but he is really good in it he does elevate the movie this is like the very textbook definition of you're bored there's something sitting in your Netflix recommend to watch queue and <laughs> you know why not it, it's it's harmless it's not offensive it's, it's a, just it's a sick movie sick on the couch it, yeah it's Throw just it on there. and i hate saying fine i don't like i don't like saying it like that but uh, i'll just say that it's a very uh average cautionary tale for you know what kind of this 
realistic look at you know uh, at, a, at a large segment of America who are just trying to survive in this world. You know, it's a lot. It, there's a lot of talk about dreams and how they want to open up these video stores. And that's what Matthew McConaughey's character always embodies. It's like a, a better life, a dream of a better life for him and his and his uh, and his family. And that's what majority of America, humanity, even wants. They want to create a better world than the one that they lived in. They want to leave the world a better place when they when they you know pass on for their children and for future generations. And so. There is something to attach to with this film in regards to that, and it's all embodied by Matthew McConaughey. But outside of that, ooh, yeah, not much else. I've definitely seen way, 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 way better crime films than this one. That is for sure. Uh, Jan Dimaj still continues to be a talent to watch out for and is somebody who I do feel, given the right script, can create something truly spectacular. And if you have not seen it before highly recommend you check out his debut feature film 71 starring jack o'connell and a few others it's really really good so five out of ten no oscar potential (laughs) with that said katie where can they find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at kt underscore schaefer josh parham find me on twitter at jr parham and you can find me at next best picture Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of White Boy Rick on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, and on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Write something to us. Let us know what you think of the show. Provide some feedback. We really, really appreciate that so that we can tweak some things, make the show better for you. And always, if you do head over to our Patreon channel, always, 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 we appreciate that level of support where for $1 minimum a month, we can give you some exclusive podcast content. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.